This week on One Body Stewarding God's Creation, Josh Waddell talks about building faith on the foundation. Catholic for two years, Josh talks about how his faith continues to grow and be nurtured and the fruits of having a closer relationship with Jesus. Josh is being interviewed by me, Donetta Robin. Josh is a district account manager for Champion X, which is a global leader in oil field technology solutions, serving the oil and gas industry to help deliver efficient, clean, and safe, sustainable energy to all corners of the world. That's a long step. Yes, it is. Josh is married to Tina. That's probably more important. And they have three children, Ethan, 25, Madeline, 21, and Wyatt, 17. So you know Cody very well, and you and Cody were just going to go with the, the flow of things. So you're going to have to help me out because I do not know your story. So start telling us your story. Okay. Okay. You, you want me to give a little synopsis of the background? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I'm a convert. Um, I just celebrated my my third Easter as a as a Catholic. Okay. This has been a, a wonderful experience. Um, my conversion process actually would start probably when I was around five, when I was just a little fella. But it came, I would say, full circle four, between four and five years ago. Um, my family is amazing. My, my, my wife is is my best friend, my my rock, my my true. If there is anything that God actually envisioned, you know, matching two people up. Um, I got lucky that she found me and that she keeps me around. But uh, family was great. I, I love my career. I love serving the community. But it seemed like the, the harder I pushed and the harder I continued to try to, to move forward, there was a hole inside me that I just failed to fill. Hmm. And that's what spawned what's missing. What is actually missing? And the realization I heard loud and clear, my relationship with God. And that mm. was where I needed to put my, my emphasis and my focus. Well, how now, am I... now what brought you to that conclusion? The, you just, just discerning what's missing? The, the inability to fill a hole, um, something, was, something was void inside me. I, I could fill it and it became frustrating. You know, what, I'm trying harder and harder and harder, yet the hole doesn't seem to be filling up at all. Mm. So. Um, my relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Then, okay, how am I going to do this? My wife, her family's Catholic. Um, I was raised Methodist and Presbyterian. What, what's going to make the most sense for me? Definitely, definitely not going to be Catholic. I mean, that's not the route that I'm going to go. Mm -hmm. So I continue to push forward. I learn, I explore, and every arrow, every question, everything that, that I can possibly present to myself leads to, towards Catholicism. Hmm. And eventually it was, well, Josh, you're gonna keep fighting the inevitable. Um, let your pride go um, and let's, let's move forward as God wants you to. And uh, enrolled in RCIA along with two of my three children. My wife also participated in RCIA and here we are. Wow. I, I have a church, which I, mm -hmm. which I love to be able to say that I have. You know, we attend um, St. Francis and Munger. So yeah, it's, it's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. So during this process, was it just things you read, or um, was there somebody who was kind of guiding you too? And why was Catholicism off the list in the beginning? This is, um, you know, not necessarily to fun, fun to admit out loud, 
um, I was raised with somewhat of, a, of an anti-Catholic sentiment. Mm. Um, my dad was from Beloit, and there was a big separation in his town between the Protestants and the Catholics, or what they would reference as the, the Protestants and the mackerel snappers. Oh. <laughs> um, you know, the, the Catholics had everything, uh, all the rest didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, then I just kind of had that. Then, uh, through my own ignorance, I suffered some of the, what I would call the fatal flaw of judging some of the, of the human side corruption versus what, what the church actually is. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's, that's through my own ignorance. That well, was, that's easy to do, too. I can understand yeah. that. And then, of course, I was familiar with, you know, our town was kind of odd. Um, we'd, we'd have a Methodist minister, and you would attend Methodist church three Sundays out of the month, but then a Presbyterian minister would come from another town, and our Methodist would, minister would swap out. So I had this Methodist and Presbyterian background, but that was actually fairly short-lived. Mm-hmm. You know, I think by the time I was in late grade school, early middle school, my, my attendance at church had, had ceased. So you've been a Catholic total of three years. Yes. And three, and your children would have been pretty, you know, a little older knowing what they're doing yes. when they came in. So um, all three of them came in with you? Two of the three. Two of the three. Yeah, but I, we, left a, we left a soldier behind. My, oh, my okay. oldest was already, well, he would have been finishing up college and was, was a long ways away mm-hmm. and... RCIA didn't line up with his schedule. So I'm, I'm hopeful. Yeah. I'm hopeful that he'll find his way there. I'm just thinking around the supper table, there would have been some interesting conversations as you're going through the process. It, it was. <laughs> and um, so it's my daughter and my youngest, um, very engaged, mm-hmm. um, very curious. They've been drawn to it. Almost like I may have been a stumbling block the whole time or an obstacle in their path. Mm-hmm. And I, I've seen what it's opened up for them. And it's, it's, it's beautiful, absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful. And my wife... Never, never pressured, never acted like I was a decay or I was some type of, of hold up to absolute joy in our family. She's been patient with me. Um, I, I feel like she's very proud. Um, and I, I think one of the things that she's proud of is this choice and this choice was not from anybody driving me except for my conversations with God and where mm-hmm. all of my questions led me to the answers, which led me to the church. Yeah. <clears throat> She's running J-Corp? Yes. J-Corp is one of our um, underwriters, so um, thank you. Oh. <laughs> Thanks yeah. to Tina. Okay. And Jeanette. I, Jeanette is my godmother. Oh, is that right? Yes. So there really are two owners. We were just discussing this last week, and I said, I only know about Tina. And somebody was saying, well, Jeanette, too. And it's like, well, I, I've never, I guess I've never met her. So Jeanette <laughs> is the owner. Okay. And then Tina stepped in and assumed responsibility after her father passed away. Oh, I see. And her and her brother Tyler, because um, Aaron passed away, Tyler moved up into the, the head role for running all the crews, assist on a lot of bids, and then um, my wife, would you say, I guess would be the, the primary director of the, of the internal office workings. But Jeanette's the actual owner. Correct. Okay, very good. So back to... Um, Back to Josh. Do you go by Josh or Joshua? Um, I go by Josh. My wife okay. calls me Joshua, but uh, okay. normally it's Josh. <laughs> okay. I have a son, Josh, too. Um, he was only Joshua when he was in trouble. <laughs> I understand that very well. <laughs> but um, so 
the topic today is building on the foundation. So you have this foundation. So um, according to Cody, you've just you're so on fire for your faith that you keep building on what was given to you. So can you tell us how and what what's happened? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. First of all, let's just say that from my perspective, Catholicism is beautifully hard. And coming in, it, first, I, I got to get oriented. I, I got to get accustomed. You know, I, I've got to become habitual. So prayer, attendance, um, reading, you know, just trying to understand things to the, the best of what my pea brain can understand, or at least at the state that I'm in. And then it's okay. If we're going to do this, then there's a level of accountability that needs to occur um, for myself, but for God, for my family. So I, I want to look around. What, what options are there? What, what presents itself in my community and possibly even beyond? Um, Deacon Steve, um, who was my RCIA leader, um, invited me to Minute Prayer. We call it MAP. So Saturday mornings, 730, we all meet to go over Sunday's readings. And it's everything from a, a comprehensive dive into what the scripture, what, what the most logical intent of the scripture message is, to how does it move you, where does it take you, and you've got a bunch of men sitting around a table sharing, hmm. sharing. And then that's a, it's a beautiful thing. I learn so much. I, I enjoy it. It's a, it's a type of fellowship that I, I can't say enough about. About how many participate in that? We have anywhere from... We'll say six on a on a low end day to mm -hmm. to twelve. Yeah, on that's a, good. On kind of what you call a a full table setting. So that's just men. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, men at prayer. Yeah. So kind of a kind of a safe space for us to, you know, to 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 be the men that we are in all of our good, bad, and ugliness, yeah. so to speak. Well, and you strengthen one another. We do. Yeah. We do. As as iron sharpens iron. You know, which also led me to, to my marked men experience. Oh, tell uh, us about marked men. So, I don't think we've ever had anybody on talking about it. So okay. So, marked men would be Christian based. I mean, it, uh, Father John Lager was one of the uh, initial founders. Mm -hmm. But I got, I got frustrated with I know why, or I know what my sins are, but why are some of my sins repetitive? You know, what, what's the underlying issue? Um, what's causing me to do this? How can I get some type of insight on why I just do some of the things that I do? Why I think some of the things that I think? And I'd had some people approach me say, well, you know what might be good for you is a Markman experience. Okay, here we go, another retreat. I'm gonna go out, sit around a campfire, tell some stories and come back and you're gonna feel good for a couple of days and then that wears off. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what I had in my mind. Mm -hmm. Well, eventually I say, you know what, I'm just going to do it. Something's telling me to at least give it a shot. And the simplest way I can explain it is it was everything that I didn't think something could be. So it allowed me to rip the Band-Aids off or pull the skin back and see where the wounds are, expose them, bring them to the surface. You can't heal, let's say, 45 years worth of wounds all at once, but to know where they are. Um, to know why you have them and to be able to pour out all of the, the, 
all of the negative things that you've filled up your cup with inside your body over that mm-hmm. time and replace it with, with God, with Jesus, um, that was a catalyst. Mm-hmm. And that brings me back here in which we have a, we have a group that meets every other Wednesday um, to continue to hold ourselves accountable, to, to be honest, and to continue to work on, on healing. Mm-hmm. And that has, been a, that, that has been a very positive in my life. Do you think that most people don't even know they have those wounds because they're so deep buried? Absolutely. Absolutely. So Myself does, included. What does marked men do to bring them to the surface? So I mean, it's a process, and we are asked to, to limit how much we divulge so that we don't oh, taint or... Ruin um, the retreat for others. Correct. Okay, I but get it's, it. It's based on the, the wounds of Christ. So everything from anger, shame, except how is that, what is deep down inside you? And and like you said, some people, well, fear is not something I deal with. Oh, yeah. Do the work. Find out. Uh Um, There's a lot of things that we have either subconsciously or just unknowingly buried stuff, built walls around. And if you can't open it back up and start working on it, you're not going to make progress, so to speak. And the goal is to expose mm-hmm. and then begin the healing process. Yeah. So um, you said you meet weekly? Every other Every, every other, other Wednesday. Twice a month. Yeah, we've okay. got a couple groups. My group would be the Wednesday evening group. Okay. And then um, how has this changed you as the head of your family? I, I think, and th- this is me speaking as as plainly as I can awareness and accountability followed by curiosity Mm -hmm. so being aware of what I do helps me to be more aware that there are others that that suffer suffer the same way Um, holding myself accountable means that once I become aware what strides what am I going to do to improve that Am I going to simply just pray and hope that God takes it all away? Am I going to pray, listen, and try to put the work in that would foster positive improvement? Mm-hmm. Um, then then I, I fall daily, but I, I will always get back up. And that's part of the accountability piece. Mm-hmm. And then I have the curiosity. Um, my wife has always been big on, big on this, and she's corrected me a million times over. But we're so quick to make a well, what that person is doing is wrong. Mm-hmm. I would do it a lot better. Okay. That's, a, that's an easy way to judge. So rather than, than judging, maybe be a little bit more curious. So instead of saying, instead of making a, a snap decision on what you think that behavior is, maybe just ask yourself why. Mm-hmm. And then can you relate that back to yourself? Have you ever had poor behavior or made a, a bad choice because of other influences going on? So I think awareness accountability and curiosity and how has that helped me with my family well patience understanding and then something that i have struggled with dearly my entire life is empathy Mm -hmm. Um, at one point i would have told you i don't even have it i completely lack empathy no no i i actually do have it Mm -hmm. there's a there's a flicker of light in there and as i move forward that that light um, it gets just a little stronger and a little stronger and that has been a wonderful thing yeah. Now, my kids might tell you, well, the old man's just kind of softening up over time. Maybe. 
<laughs> or maybe there's more of a, uh, of a divine push with that softening. And that's mm-hmm. what I would like to, like to think. Yeah, I think so. So tell us about um, how do you fit your prayer life into your routine and what does that look like? Okay. So I'm a, I'm a talk out loud kind of person. Okay. I'm, not a, I'm not a quiet prayer. Um, so my wife and I, we, we, we've tried to focus on our, our physical well-being, knowing that we're getting older and, you know, hopefully God will bless us with grandkids someday. So, you know, we, we want to be able to, to keep up with them. So mm-hmm. we have a little workout routine in the morning that starts about 530. Uh, upon conclusion of our workout, um, my wife goes in to start her routine, which includes uh, a myriad of, uh, of spiritual exercises. And then I, I do my praying outside. Um, mm-hmm. So to start the day and every now and again when I'm running behind, which isn't very often, but when I'm running behind and let's say I just go ahead and kind of skip over that. Oh, I, I can tell. I mean, my entire day is just running differently. So I have to stop, take time and go talk. So I like to start the day. Um, I can't help but think about about God and go into prayer multiple times a day, whether it's for a few seconds or whether I just got to take a few minutes to go and do it. And then where I'm still struggling is. To, to conclude my day, but I'm getting a little bit better. And then, of course, the, my wife and I pray together at times for things. Um, as a family, we pray. Um, it's, it's nice. So prayer life is rooted. Is it where it needs to be? No. Is it where it should be? No, it's not. But uh, hey, this, is, this, is a long, this is a long road. This is mm-hmm. a journey. Well, our theme is holiness is not for wimps, so to oh. get there, it's, it's a whole process. Huh? It is. It is. <laughs> it's, like I said, it's, it's beautifully hard. We need to take a short break right now, but stay tuned to Divine Mercy Radio. We'll be right back with One Body Stewarding God's Creation, talking with Josh Waddell about building faith on the foundation. We're back on One Body Stewarding God's Creation. Building faith on the foundation. With Josh Waddell. Donetta Robin conducts the interview. We're on the air, and we're talking with Josh Waddell on building faith on the foundation. What has has it, How about your kids? Have you noticed a difference since yeah. they became Catholic? Yes, I have. Um, I don't think I want to use the word awakening, but I, I've seen a, an opening or maybe even a, a spreading. Questions that they had. Uh, maybe there's a maybe there's, there's somewhat of an uncomfortable disconnect on. I feel, but but how to I uh, how do I express? To what questions can I ask? And if it's not if there's not an environment that's been created in which those questions are are made to be known that they are welcome, mm-hmm. um, are you stifling or, or holding them back? And I would say that right now, I, I think that's that's one of the biggest, if you want to call it a, a, an achievement as a father, because I'm not good at anything, but what I love the most is being a father. 
And I think my ability to help break down any walls or barriers that that would inhibit them to to be able to explore, um, openly ask, and be comfortable to ask, Mm -hmm. that is something that I I think has made great strides in watching watching them spread their wings. I would think that, you know, from an outside perspective, that you being, you know, seeing you with your routine in the morning, even with your wife, um, you're both working out, you're praying, you get off for your day. They see dad and mom have a relationship with God, so I'm going to go and ask their advice for things. <laughs> you know, it's just, it would be easier, it would be easier to come to you and ask for advice, I think, you know, especially when they're struggling in certain areas, you know, because you're not going to knock them down, you're going to build them up. <laughs> My wife and I were just talking about this this morning. There's, there's a lot of time, if I, if I go back and I started to write it all down, there'd be a lot of time that I've spent on what I would call external anxieties, things that I project out into the future of, is this gonna work out, is this not gonna work out, what do I have to do? You know, and that might be anything from a day to a year to five years out. But you start, you start carrying that weight. Mm-hmm. Um, I've noticed that that has, I'm not gonna say completely gone, because we have the whirlwind of our day. Mm-hmm. You know, we have things that we have to account for, both in our professional life and our personal life and anything else that we may choose to do as, a, as an act of service. And those are, those are things that don't eat me alive anymore. You know, they are going to be what they are going to be. What is my reaction going to be? How am I going to handle the situation? I expect bad things to happen. Just how am I going to deal with it? Well, by taking some of that anxiety away or those, just those pressures, those things that just linger and eat at you, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> those have been replaced with kind of an awareness of, man, are you ever going to get better at this? But the weight of what I would call the internal strife to want to be better for God, to be a better son to God, a better husband, a better father, a better community member, mm-hmm. a better employee, I will take those internal, if you want to refer to them as anxieties, I call them internal drivers. Mm-hmm. Um, I will take those any day of the week over these old projections that used to, to create additional weight on my shoulders. Well, my point with that is, I think my children have also seen that, um, my wife as well, uh, I'm, not, I'm not as tense, I'm not mm-hmm. as tight, I'm more approachable. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe maybe there, there's less days a week or less hours in a day in which I would have that face, that look on my face in which, I don't know if I wanna bother dad right now, or uh-huh. is my husband open to hearing what I have to say? Um, I think those are getting, those are improving, yeah. absolutely improving, which wow. again, I, I credit to, to one thing and one thing only, and that's the, the conversion and the, and the rebuilding of my relationship yeah. with God. Wow. So how can we go out and get others to get where you're at? <laughs> I, <sighs> they have to want it from the beginning, probably. You have to. I mean, I, we're, we're, given, we're given freedom. Mm-hmm. Freedom to choose. Uh, I guess, what is it that you want to choose? Um, mm-hmm. Catholicism is hard because it creates an awareness. I mean, you can get caught up, I guess, on, on all the rules if you want to look at them as rules. But show me something that is misaligned with wanting the best for you. Right. And that's, that's what I think is... 
I, I don't know whether I'll ever fall into a category of even being a decent human being. I, I don't know. I, I don't know where the, where the chips will fall. But I do know that through, through a struggle to want to improve is a good choice to make. Mm-hmm. Now, for some, you know, like I am, I'm always in awe of my mother-in-law, you know, my, my godmother. Yeah. I, I just think she is innately one of the kindest, most genuinely nice people I've ever met, which is almost the antithesis of me. You know, nobody's ever going to accuse me of being, well, there's Josh Waddell, just a really sweet guy. No, no. <laughs> and, and rightfully so. You know, I missed the boat. I, I blew a lot of opportunities in my life. Um, but to choose, to, to openly choose to want this life, you also have to accept the fact that it, it's, it's very difficult. Mm-hmm. You know, and as, as you grow with it, the awareness grows. And just like a... A high school kid looks in the mirror and sees all the blemishes or all the things that are wrong. I mean, you start to see that more clearly and more clearly, which can either create a, oh, a counterintuitive, ah, I'm just, I'm just never, I'm just never going to be any good, or, hey, I'm not short on anything to work on. Right. And that, it's nice to have things to work on. Yeah, we were just talking with Father Fred at seven o'clock hour about confession and now people just don't like to see what's what's wrong that nothing's wrong with me you know it's out there right and so getting people to go to confession is a challenge so father father damien would probably say well you know i got a josh is a frequent flyer you know he comes and <laughs> comes and sits and sits in the hot seat um quite frequently and i, I love it I, I mean i believe in it well there's such a peace that that comes over you when you come out I think, you know, and I always say thank you, God, for creating this sacrament because, y- you know, we needed it. <laughs> yes. So, do you have like favorite Bible verses, or, or do you have something that like a motto that you follow every day? I, I do. I, <laughs> okay. I have one. Um, a friend of mine, Rick Binder, presented me with Psalm one thirty nine. Search me. Mm-hmm. You know, search me, O oh God, search me, O oh Lord. Um, I love that one. That is, that is something that I, I think about a lot, um, talk to God about. And then, of course, you know, as a convert, you know, I'm always drawn to the, to the vineyard parable. You know, oh, people, yeah. people come in at different times, you know, so um, knowing that I, I can come in at a late hour Oh, yeah. I don't know about the getting paid first thing, but still getting paid the same. Yeah. So I've always, ta- I've always taken some type of, of reassurance in that parable as well. Yeah. So those, and I'm, I'm as ignorant as one can possibly be when it, when it comes to the Bible. Um, there's parts that I've really enjoyed reading. There's parts that I read and I think, wow, I, you know, you know, things like Leviticus, for yeah, instance, you know, yeah, just exactly. super difficult yeah. for me to get through. Yeah. Um, now and it's that, a great story up until that point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just hits you with this. Okay, okay, the road is going to be slow. But Men at Prayer, you know, our map group, I mean, that, mm-hmm. that really helps. Um, Bishop Barron's recaps, you know, things that help me to, to understand not necessarily just the clarity of the message, but also how the message can can be applied to everyday behavior and activity. Mm-hmm. And then I've, I've become a reader. 
my my wife reads all the time, and I, I've recent. I started with maybe one of the one of the hardest books. It actually took me a year to read this book, City of God by Saint Augustine. Oh, now see, I have never read that. That's a you know roll it's the sleeve to, roll the sleeves up. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, and. A, I don't know whether it's divine brilliance or just his brilliance in general, but I would find myself. And of course, those they speak differently. I mean, we're going back to, you know, 300 A.D. Uh-huh. Right. So you you read a little bit. You have to go look up words. Uh-huh. Um, then you have to understand the word. Go back and read everything again. So I mean, it was a it was it was a chore. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I loved it. Well, perseverance there. <laughs> yeah, I, I finished it. You know, I didn't just give up on it. And then a friend of mine recently, Cody had recommended it during RCIA, and I was always going to get around to it. And then a friend of mine, um, actually the guy that owned the the business next to you, gave me a C.S. Lewis set, seven mm. seven books, and I started reading C.S. Lewis, and I have absolutely fallen in love with with everything about what what he's writing. You know, mm-hmm. I started with like the problem of pain. Right now I'm on mere Christianity. Um, I love the way he brings it down to a level a little different than St. Augustine. Yeah, you know? I'm sure. Um, but, but I love it. And that, that's part of the, this is, this is going to be terrible, and I hope none of your, your listeners are offended by this. But sometimes, I'm, I'm a scientist at, at heart. Right. So sometimes you have to make your own analogies or you have to tie things together that make sense for you, right? Right. And sometimes I fashion... Catholicism as being a, a skill. Not in the sense that building a relationship with God is the same as going out on a golf course and improving your swing, but nonetheless, something that has to be practiced. Something that can't just be accepted, believed, and then left on a shelf never to be used. Mm-hmm. And I think part of skill building, skill building has to be the ability to, to practice and use different practice approaches. Um, do I do it correctly? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But I know that by fashioning it as a skill, there are things that I, I try to do to improve my overall ability to, to be everything from a man to, to a Catholic to an employee. You know, mm-hmm. I try to put all this together right. through Catholicism. Right. And reading, you know, prayer, reading, um, fellowship, you know, and then, of course, it all culminates uh, at the Mass. Right. But all of those together, I think, are, are the primary tools that I use to, to keep building on that foundation, right. to keep getting better at being loved and loving others. So I'm just thinking, you know, as you're talking, you're not, when you go out to practice your Catholicism in all the areas of your life, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be preachy. It's just, you know, how you treat people, how, how other people perceive you. Yes. I mean, my my nature isn't to. I'm I'm not the preachy type. Yeah. Now anybody that knows me, I, I don't know whether it's a blessing and a curse or it's absolutely both. But confrontation is not something that I've ever strayed away from. Have I always done it correctly? No. Um, I'm sometimes too quick to openly admonish. You know, not take some time to think. Um, if you've known me long enough, I'm sure we've had some type of, of a negative exchange. Mm-hmm. And more than likely, it was my inability to find a better approach. 
Now, I can't go back and fix all the wrongs that I've done. Mm-hmm. You know, I can apologize, but I have to move forward. But in moving forward, I've noticed the, the frequency in which, let's say, that there is a negative exchange. That frequency has drastically decreased. Mm. Now, that doesn't mean that I deserve some pat on the back. That's not no. what I mean. No, I just mean that there's something about my approach, which I think has to do with being more in tune with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe stopping, letting that fill, maybe getting my own first initial reactions out of the way mm-hmm. and let something else move me, move my behavior. Um, I'm not saying I'm good at it yet. I'm just saying that it's improved. Wow. Well, that is just so awesome. I'm just thinking you guys are going to be such great grandparents. (laughs) I hope my children are are steadfast in, in their ability to parent which would make our job as grandparents be even easier. So yeah. I hope so. Yeah. And then that, was my, that was my third piece that I've added. Was, so it was minute prayer, marked men, and then getting more involved you know, with, with an organization. Um, I joined the Knights mm-hmm. um, a couple years ago, and that's been, a, that's been a positive experience. Yeah. I think my husband went to Marked Men for Christ. <laughs> he did. We were talking about okay. it in the, in and the then room. and he's very involved in with the Knights too. So, um, you know, we, last hour, well, no, it was with Father Fred. The seven o'clock hour, we were talking a little bit. He was talking about marriage, how people aren't getting married and things anymore. And and Lester and I always say, if people just get through that tough period, yes, it's like. I don't love her today, you know, or I don't love him today. Um, and you're frustrated with each other. But if you get through that, then the love at the other end is is even deeper. But people don't want to go through the passage, just like for um, your faith life. Sometimes you have to go through this passage to get to the light, to, to where there's peace and joy. Am I on to something? You absolutely are. <laughs> you know, I'm... I, I'm a layman, you know, so I, I'm not going to pretend that I have vast knowledge, but I also walk around the same world that we all do, mm-hmm. you know, so we're, we're all allowed our own, I guess, observational abilities. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's funny that there's very few things in this world that, are, that have any type of great meaning or impact that don't require a lot of hard work and effort. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the things that we're, we're the most proud of is accomplishing something that that took our best effort mm-hmm. and something that took me a long time to to realize if you're married and let's just let's just reduce it to something as simple as having an argument if you want to win the argument then your spouse has to lose and that is that that's an odd concept because both of you are are matched up to win life together Right. That's a great analogy. Great. Yeah. So and it, what, keep going. How do we miss that? Yeah. You know, why, why would I ever want my wife to lose? How, how, does, that, how does that help us? How, how does, how does me, me winning something against my wife propel us forward? I have a hard time believing that it, that it will. Mm-hmm. You know, so how do you, how do you both win? You know, how, how do you both win? And I, I think that's a, you know, we get, we're prideful. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we're stubborn. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we're right, but we leave off the just piece, right? Because yeah. if we're going to be right, may, maybe, maybe what I am bringing to the table is a better option. Maybe I'm right in bringing to the table, but am I just if my goal is to beat the individual? I, I, I fail to see how that just piece would tie back into that. Right. So how do we, how do we win together? Yeah. Oh, there's now if you have a solution for that, um, if that's in our in our um, talk today, if you're going to give the, the world the solution on how we win together, well, I don't know how you do it unless you submit. Oh, that's excellent. Just and, like Jesus. Yeah, he, he won for us. And the only way he did that was through the ultimate submission. Now, is there a weakness in submission? Uh, it's tied to it somehow, right? I mean, the... It looks weak from the outside. Yeah. And, and the secular world maybe would make you believe that submission is synonymous with, with weakness. But I, I would argue the opposite. Um, the, the faith, the strength of faith that you have, that one would would have to possess in order to truly submit and know that in my submission, myself or as, as a married couple, we are able to win together. I think that's strength right there. Oh, yeah. And I think that's something worth, worth taking a little bit deeper look at. Yeah. Oh, that's excellent. Do you have any advice for people who struggle in their faith or... And struggle in their faith, that, that's one thing that I guess I would be, I don't know how to approach that um, because for the longest time I didn't even know what my faith was. And then a calling occurred and with some reluctancy, you know, I drugged my feet, but I, I eventually heard and moved forward. Um, I believe firmly that we are supposed to struggle, that, that we are supposed to suffer at times because without without the lows that life offers how do we how do we recognize appreciate or or find joy in the, in the highs mm-hmm. you know and like if i was to take out a yellow a yellow notepad and i was to write down all the moments in my life that that garnered joy i could just fill legal pad after legal pad after legal pad mm-hmm. and if i was to do the same thing with all the moments of pain sadness and suffering you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna fill some pages, mm-hmm. no doubt. Yeah. But then, if I take a deeper look at okay, on all the moments of pain and suffering, from my own perspective, 95% or more of those situations are going to be self-induced. They're going to be as a as a response to the choices that I made. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I have to pay the price for a bad choice. That's not that's not to, oh, look what happened to me. No, it's wow. If you don't want that, or if you want to mitigate that to the best of your ability, make better choices, Josh. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's as simple as that. Now, that's my life. And I would say that in that, in that analysis, I, I am blessed beyond my means. Have I had death? Yeah. Have there been external things that have happened that have, that have caused my, my heart to hurt or break? Absolutely. But as an overall writing, what you would call analytical true evaluation the majority of the suffering has been from my own doing now that's not the same for everybody that that's that's my blessing that's that's the fortunateness that i've had 
others, I mean, we, we can think of heartbreaking cases all over in which individuals have done nothing to have what's been induced upon them. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know, except for we're given a life. Some, some may be easier than others. Some may, may come with extreme difficulty. But may, I don't understand the, the design or the plan, and that, that's far beyond me, and I, I, don't, I don't question that. I just know that you got a choice. You can, kind of like what we learned last week in the gospel, you can start walking in the wrong direction, mm-hmm. or, or you can turn and, and walk towards. And I think moments of pain and suffering are a great opportunity to put your arms out and be received and take comfort knowing that no matter how bad things are getting for you, there is one that always loves you. Mm -hmm. And while we might not understand why we hurt and feel the way that we do, why we suffer the life that we suffer, if we stay holding on, if we keep those arms wrapped around, um, it's it's all going to work out as it was intended. And you'll see a blessing at the end, even though you're in the midst of suffering. And, and if you're, when you are in the midst of suffering and um, you feel like you can't pray, you can just, just put yourself, like you said, into the arms of Jesus or me. I, I use Mary a lot because I'm female probably, but, um, you know, just, just like I know you've got this. I know there's a plan. I don't understand it, but... You know, I'm just going to trust in you. And and sometimes it's sometimes during those times it's just hard to pray and just know that other people have your back. Because yeah. I think you know when we ask others to intercede for us, those are great times to to know. Okay, I can't do it right now, but somebody else is doing it for me, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so we have about ten more minutes, Josh. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Well. I, I couldn't answer your last question very well because well, I am empathetic and, and my heart goes out to all those that are suffering. I think that's also part of the, the devil's grand design is to start making that influencing factor of, well, the, the world is meaningless or that the, what, what is hope? You know, and there's, a couple, there's a couple quotes that come to mind. You know, comparison is the thief of joy. Mm. And, and our youngsters, or I guess I should say I was kind of an analog. I was raised analog, but then digital came in. So I'm, I'm not adept with, you know, the Instagram, the, all those types of, of apps and features. But there is an appearance that the, the world is living through a, or showing themselves through a filter, you know, which makes it easy to, you know, I don't have that. I don't look that good, you know, and you start to start to compare yourself to everything around you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that quote comparison is the thief of joy. I think that is is getting stronger and stronger and stronger. And then hope never disappoints. Right. You know, so to to lose hope. That's that's one thing that that really scares me for individuals is if they get to the point in which they start to abandon even the the sanctity of hope, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what those what those answers are. Or what would cause somebody to get to that point? Um, I'm very fortunate. I live in a in a community in which we we don't have to hide. 
you know, we can be open about our, our love for, for God, our love mm-hmm. for each other. Um, if something goes wrong, this community seems like they will wrap their arms around you and try to help you. Mm-hmm. I don't know that that exists everywhere. Um, I mean, this is the one town I swore I would never live in. You know, oh, I, grew, yeah. I grew up 45 minutes northeast of here. Yeah, um, and it's that I've been here for 26, 27 years now. Love it. You know, absolutely yeah. love it. And I don't have um, any type of talent. Um, I've got one through college, one in college, and one getting ready to start college. So, so treasure is a little bit limited. Mm-hmm. But I, I see the value in time. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you never know until you put yourself out there. And as hope diminishes, I think there's the, the inability of us to step out the front door. You know, we start to close our surroundings down more and more and more. So one advice or one piece of advice that I would have, I think, for anybody, because it has served, it has served me prior to my conversion and it serves me even more deeply now following my conversion, is giving your time. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's, you know, for me, it started off coaching youth sports and mm-hmm. building teams to school board to Smoky Hills um, PBS board. I mean, it's you never know who you're going to meet. Mm-hmm. You never know who's going to be put in your path. Mm-hmm. But one thing I can guarantee you is if you don't put yourself out there, the chances of coming across somebody at the right time, at the right place to, to deliver or receive a message is going to be more difficult. Right. And oh, so I guess good. my piece of advice is if hope starts to feel like like it's dwindling, step out, give some time, and see what, what your service does, not just for yourself, but maybe you see it firsthand in the face of somebody else, mm-hmm. and maybe that reignites the flame to, to some degree. So yeah. give your time. Yeah. Oh, that's excellent advice. I wrote this down. Comparison is the thief of joy. That is... I'm going to keep that quote. <laughs> Do you know who said it? Or? No, I, I, I. That is good. And every day we should pray for faith, um, an increase in faith, hope, and love. So pray for. So, Josh, thanks so much for coming in. And if you have, do you have anything else you'd like to share with us? No, no, no. I, I, I am humbled and honored to be here. Thanks Thank for, thanks, thanks, thanks for, for bringing time. me back. And well done. You, you do a great job. You uh-huh. create a very comfortable setting. Um, I'm a talker, but this thank this you. overwhelms me. <laughs> this, this makes me nervous. And uh, so thank you. Thanks for yeah. creating a, a wonderful Pretty. environment. Thanks for tuning into One Body Stewarding God's Creation. If you are a business or service that can underwrite this One Body show, please know your underwriting will run three times during the show, which runs five times per week on five stations reaching along I-70 from Junction City to the Colorado border. The cost is a mere $250 per month. Interested? Give us a call at 785-621-4110. You're listening to the network of stations of Divine Mercy Radio. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts.